from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report? Hope this finds you well. Hope that this uh, rainy day in New Orleans uh, is not uh, hampering your efforts. However you may be today, we are uh, certainly proud to be a part of your day. And uh, very thankful that you've allowed us to join you, whether it be on your mobile device, on your desktop at NewOrleansSaints.com or Pelicans.com or on iTunes. Uh, that, again, is uh, free to you, and you can uh, hit the subscribe button, and it will download to your phone each and every day. We've got a good show planned for you today, as uh, it is Wesley Day. So David Wesley will stop by a little bit later. We're going to talk Pelicans with uh, D-Dub, and uh, we'll also uh, kind of recap day one of training camp. They are back at it today. Two more practices today for Monty Williams' crew, and we will talk about the Monty Williams show. The season debut is tomorrow night. A little bit later in this program, I'll give you all the details on that. Saints were pretty much quiet yesterday. Uh, Guys did come in, get their rehab, uh, do a little lifting and a little film work, but for the most part, a slow day for the Saints. We don't have too much to bring up with regard to them. That really ramps back up today in a short week going into the uh, Chicago ballgame. And so we'll talk about the Saints uh, more heavily tomorrow. College football is a big focus for us on today's show. We're going to talk Tigers with Les East of the Advocate over in Baton Rouge. He's on the beat. And we'll talk about their loss to Georgia and their upcoming game against Mississippi State. And then Ty Graffinini, the voice of the Tulane Green Wave, joins us to recap Tulane's uh, big road win at ULM this past weekend and set up homecoming at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome this weekend against North Texas. That's right, we've got the uh, the Green Wave versus the Mean Green on Saturday afternoon. That's a 2.30 kickoff, and we'll help you get ready for that one as well. Don't forget, you can follow on Twitter. At Black Blue Report is the Twitter handle for this program. And uh, for myself, it's at Sean Kelly Live. We'll take your comments, your questions, um, and help us improve the show on a daily basis with your feedback. So we'll look forward to that. So with that and a full guest lineup today, we want to get to our break. And uh, I also want to note before we get to the break, congratulations again to all the Pittsburgh Pirate fans out there as the Buckos uh, won their uh, wild card game last night. Pretty wild atmosphere at PNC Park. They now get my Cardinals. And so my goodwill toward all in black and gold of a pirate's nature uh, ends right now. And when we come back, we'll talk Tigers, Greenies, and Pelicans right here on the Black and Blue Report. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region? including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, 
the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. He wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light. For the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Say that to say this. The new album from Trombone Shorty. Trombone Shorty is back with 11 explosive tracks on his highly anticipated new release. Say that to say this. This album delivers funk, R&B, rock, and soul that's sure to blow you away. Trombone Shorty delivers an incredible remake of the Meters classic, Be My Lady, with all music played by the original Funky Meters. What's up, New Orleans? This is Trombone Shorty. Check out my new record, Say That to Say This, produced by Raphael Sadiq and me in stores now. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. The LSU Tigers back in action this weekend. They'll take on Mississippi State. They're coming off of a tough loss in a shootout at Georgia. What was that, Les East? 44-41? I, I, I don't know if I can count that high on a weekly basis. It, it, was, it was up there all right. Yeah, we're not used to having those kinds of scores uh, around LSU. Uh, sometimes uh, the Tigers will get up there if they're playing a, a weaker opponent, but they don't usually get into shootouts. They go back and forth like that. But, uh, you know, this team's a little bit different. In fact, it's beginning to look like the SEC as a whole might be a little bit different this year. Those high-scoring games are becoming a little more commonplace, and um, Tigers really played outstanding on offense, especially the way they threw the ball. But uh, their defense uh, just did not play well in, in any area. They didn't stop the run. They didn't stop the pass. They had breakdowns on the front end and the back end. And uh, still, they could have won the game if they'd made maybe one more play. But uh, Georgia playing at home was was a little bit better. And so the Tigers uh, have to regroup and get ready to go to Starkville. That's Les East. He's on the beat for the Advocate up there in Baton Rouge on the LSU Tiger beat. He joins us kind of as usual on a weekly basis here for us on the Black and Blue Report. Les, uh, you know, John Chavis is a is an experienced defensive coordinator. He's he's shown over the years that he has the ability to get the most out of his players. Um, you know, without going crazy here, he had uh, almost an NFL-caliber defense the last couple of years. All those guys are gone. I get it. Um, and he's got talent, but it's all young. Is it is is this the, uh, the diagnosis of what's going on with the LSU defense, or are there more problems that are being uncovered here at this point in the season? Well, that's a good question. Uh, certainly uh, youth and inexperience are a big part of the problem, but I, I think at this point we might have to wonder at least a little bit about whether the talent level is as good as it's been in the past. So certainly there's a lot of talent on this defense, but I think the notion that, uh, that they were just going to replace eight starters from last year and not miss a beat was pretty unrealistic. And uh, we could see with the mental mistakes, the communications problems the other day, inexperience had a lot to do with that. But the uh, you know the front four didn't generate any pass rush. LSU didn't have a sack, and no Tiger was credited with a quarterback hurry. 
So you have to worry. Are those defensive linemen as good as the ones they've had in the past? They 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 got a bunch of them are playing in the NFL now. Uh, Anthony Johnson and Ego Ferguson at, at tackle are playing uh, 65, 70, 75 snaps a game because they don't uh, have any confidence in their backups. So I think uh, at this point you got to wonder if maybe there's also at least a, a slight drop-off in talent as well as what's obviously a big drop-off in uh, experience. I don't mean to be vindictive here or trite or whatever word you want to use, but, you know, a lot of times, and it's not just in Baton Rouge, it's other SEC towns and whatnot, uh, power programs. When a team loses, it's like the sky is falling all around town and even sometimes in the football complex. Do you get that sense um, where you are in Baton Rouge this week, or is it is it just isolated maybe perhaps to the fan base? Yeah, I, I think it's probably like a lot of places. That there, there are certain segments of the fan base, probably not that big, but certainly very vocal, uh, that, that are overreacting and, and thinking, like you said, the sky is falling and, and this team is exposed and it's, it's all going to be downhill from here. I, you know, I don't think that's the case. And I don't think uh, a lot of people feel that way. I, I think a lot of fans recognize the fact that uh, they went on the road and played a really good team and uh, got beat because the other team made one more play. And, and around the team, I, I think there's a combination of things going on. I, I think there's a recognition that uh, it's not impossible for them to still play for the SEC title. And if they were to win the SEC title, they would be a BCS player, maybe the championship game, maybe another BCS bowl. So they can still accomplish most, if not all, of what they set out to do in the beginning. But at the same time, there's, I think, a bit of a sense of urgency because there were so many breakdowns on defense that there's stuff they have to get fixed right away or they're not going to still have those goals intact. So I, I don't think there's panic, but I think there is a sense of urgency. Les East with the, with the advocate with us, uh, talking Tigers here on this Wednesday. Uh, Les, preview Mississippi State for me. What are we going to see this weekend between the Tigers and the Bulldogs? Well, it's usually a very physical, very uh, tough ball game. You know, LSU's won the last 13 years. They've won 20 of the last 21. And yet it's usually a very, very competitive game. Mississippi State is usually a big physical team, and I don't think they're any different this year. It reminds me a little bit of the TCU game in that uh, there's a little bit of quarterback uncertainty at State. Their, their starting quarterback, Tyler Russell, had a concussion in the season opener. He's been cleared to play for the first time since then. Uh, I'm sure he will play. He'll probably start uh, but Zach Prescott, the uh, young quarterback who's played in this place while he's been out, is uh, probably going to play also. Dan Mullen has not revealed exactly what his plans are going to be, but the expectation is that uh, they'll probably start Russell and play both guys. So that, that complicates the preparation a little bit. I mean, I think LSU right now is more focused internally on getting its defense fixed. Uh, you know, State uh, leads the SEC in turnover margin, and that's something else you have not been as good at this year as they have in the past. So certainly turnovers will be uh, a very big issue, as they always are. And I think we can look for a game that's going to be very physical, I think very close. Uh, LSU might have a little bit of a hangover at the beginning because of the disappointment from last week, but I don't think it will take long for Mississippi State and that, that crowd uh, to get the highest attention, and uh, it should be a, 
a hard-fought game, and I think probably a little less of a shootout than the one we saw last week. Less east of the uh, Baton Rouge Advocate. Good stuff as always. Uh, appreciate your insight on the Tigers. Uh, enjoy the cowbells, uh, Les. Uh, you know, that should be plenty to entertain you on Saturday, right? Yeah, we're going to hear a lot yeah. of cowbells yeah. come Saturday. The players have uh, had some fun talking about that this week. They're, they're preparing themselves for the same. Yes, indeed. Well, I, you know, I, I tell you to enjoy the SEC football, but if it's anything like last week, it'll be enjoy the Pac-12-style football this weekend. So uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, enjoy yeah, the games well, I, this weekend. Okay, thanks, Sean. All right, Les East with us from The Advocate. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to talk a little two-lane football and still to come. David Wesley joins us to talk Pelicans as well. The Black and Blue Report continues after this. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new Black and Gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second-chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Our uh, college football conversation rolls on on this Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Green Wave in just a moment. Uh, but the Los Angeles Dodgers will kick off their uh, MLB postseason here shortly. And uh, our next guest, the voice of the Green Wave, Ty Graffinini, is an unabashed Los Angeles Dodgers lover. Um, and while my Cardinals broke his heart many times in the 80s, uh, I can't help but think, even though they didn't win home field throughout, uh, Graff, your Dodgers are sitting pretty here with their pitching going into the postseason. I don't know how you're going to focus on your green wave duties when the uh, Big Blue is at it this week. I'm a, I'm a multitasker, Sean. <laughs> I, think I, I think I can handle it. Uh, the, the, the first couple of games are Thursday and Friday. Green wave plays Saturday, and then we're back at it on Sunday. So I'll be able to, uh, I'll be able to fit in the, the boys in blue. It's been a while since we've been in the playoffs, so I'm uh, – I'm really looking forward to it. Let's get back to the greenies, shall we? Um, yeah, you know, we've, we've talked about the Saints going from 0-4 to 4-0. Uh, the Green Wave had their own little mini kind of turn things on their head this past weekend after getting 
just crushed by Monroe last year. Uh, the Green Wave go on the road and uh, and take one from those fellas up there. Uh, I thought it was another nice win for the Green Wave and showed a little more progress in a season where it's been hard to measure at times, but you take it uh, when it comes out. And uh, this is a good move and sets up a nice homecoming week, doesn't it? No question. Uh, it, it has been a bit of a roller coaster. You've got to admit, uh, uh, with the win, win the Jackson State, lost to South Alabama, win against Louisiana Tech, lost to Syracuse, and then coming back and winning uh, this past weekend against ULM. Um, you know, uh, to see what ULM did to us last year and uh, them scoring 63 points and quite honestly showing they, they could have scored a whole lot more. Uh, they, they really took their foot off the gas pedal. They, they took out Colton Browning in the third quarter. It really could have been worse. Uh, and to see what adjustments Tulane did defensively this year. Now, of course, uh, having some, some players – uh, helps as well, but uh, and I told a lot of the coaches after the game before we got on the bus and headed back to the to the airport in Monroe. Uh, this game was as much about the two lane assistance coaches on defense uh, and, and their ability uh, to really put a game plan out to those kids and to have those kids execute uh, was a thing of beauty. Uh, ULM had no idea what they were doing offensively because the two lane defense made it that way. Uh, Browning was pressured all night long. He was incredibly frustrated. Uh, they were really the only big plays that they had uh, were Browning throwing it up to his receivers and the receivers going up. Uh, other than that, uh, the running game was stuffed. Twenty-six carries, twenty-seven yards, and uh, actually knocked Browning out of the ball game. So it, it was really, really fun to watch. And again, uh, the two main assistant coaches defensively. Uh, really won that football game in my estimation. That's a good summation there. I, I agree with you. The defense uh, showed a lot. I thought the running game returning, or at least uh, showing up, kind of in earnest for the first time, Mesa may uh, prove to be big as the season moves along. There's no doubt that Darko and Kelly, though, are very talented running backs. Did they just what? Did they finally get help up front? Was that the difference? There was some help up front, but to, you know, a lot of those runs were were just Darko and Kelly breaking tackles and and. And running like men, and uh, to, to borrow a, uh, a phrase from our head coach Curtis Johnson. But uh, look, uh, Orleans, we, we know what kind of a back he is. He's always been that way. Uh, though this year he's been healthy. Uh, other than this past week, kind of ironic, Sean. Uh, I didn't know Darkwood was going to play. Uh, nobody knew as late as last Thursday because he didn't practice. He had a little shoulder ding uh, in the Syracuse game. And I think what happened last year uh, in that ULM game in the Dome kind of gave Orleans a little extra motivation. He was held a negative yardage last year uh, in that football game. And I think he took it on himself saying, look, I'm not missing this. Uh, I need to lead my team in a big 51-yard run uh, in, the, uh, in the second quarter, which, which gave Tulane a 10-7 lead or 10-0 lead. And uh, Robert Kelly followed with another touchdown and, it went from there, and the thing is, they had to they had to run the football, Sean, because the passing game wasn't as crisp as we have seen it uh, this year. So it was nice to see the running game carry the load for once, because it's been a long time since that's happened. Voice of the Green Wave, Todd Graffinini, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Todd, before we get out of here, uh, Tulane has not won a homecoming game since 2006. How do they end yeah, that? Uh, yeah, I didn't mean to I, remind I haven't you. Been the, I haven't been the voice uh, of the of the Green Wave. 
and seen a homecoming that's win. True. So, that's true. That's uh, true. I'm with you. Yeah, um, uh, I didn't think it, about that. But you know, how do they yeah. how do they end that that losing streak here with North Texas this week? You know, Sean, uh, I've thought about this a lot, and I know the players are, are going to kind of hear that themselves. So, so CJ is really trying to flex that. You know, what I've noticed in these homecoming games, and, and a lot of it has been the same type of pattern: have a little momentum coming in. Going to have a big crowd here. Um, there are going to be students here. There's going to be alumni. I mean, we're probably going to have the biggest crowd of the season uh, in the dome. And more often than not, most often than not, the team just comes out tense. They want to do too much. They're trying to do things that they're not capable of doing. I, I just think in this ball game, look, and don't get me wrong, North Texas is a, is a talented team. Uh, they've got a lot of they've got a lot of athletes on both sides of the ball, and they're big up front. But I just think Tulane just got to relax and just and just do what they've done uh, the last uh, two out of three weeks against Tech and, and ULM, and just play solid football. There, there's no uh, there's no coincidence Tulane won those games because they played better than Tech and, and ULM. Uh, things kind of got away from them a week ago uh, or the week before against Syracuse because they were trying to do too much and then it just really snowballed. Just think they got to relax and play football uh, because they've proven to themselves that they can win football against good teams. So uh, I just think that is really going to be the key. Just calm down. Don't put so much pressure on yourself and and see what happens. Green wave versus the mean green. A lot of green at the Superdome this weekend. A lot of green. Yes, sir. Uh, Yeah, Todd will have the call. What time, Todd, Saturday? Uh, 2.30. Kickoff, pregame at 1.30, and uh, hopefully we'll get out of here with a W and be 4-2, and and that would – Tell you what, that would make a lot of people around here happy. And then, then, I mean, not to look ahead, but then East Carolina comes in town next week, and uh, boy, that would set up an incredible matchup. But again, first things first, uh, Tulane and uh, North Texas this Saturday. As always, appreciate your time. Enjoy your call. We'll be listening on this uh, Saturday coming up. Thanks, Sean, and I uh, t- tell you good luck as far as the Cardinals. But I'd be lying. That'd be good, and I appreciate your honesty there. <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything else. <laughs> We'll talk to you perhaps next week, Raf, and hopefully All right, hopefully we'll be setting up for a nice little wager. Although producer Dan it. would like to say different. Anyway, Todd Graffinini, Voice of the Green Wave, with us here on the Black and Blue Report. B-Dub, David Wesley, and the Pelicans Talk continues after this moment. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer MyAuctioner, which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? Or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex? So you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is. Yes, we have a location near you. 
expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an Auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Chicks dig the long ball. Gordon, right of the key, crossover dribble to the top of the key, shoots off the glass and in. He was fouled, and it's a possible three-point play. Now, back to the Black and Blue Report. Enjoyed our college football conversation today, not only with Les East, but with Ty Graffinini, the voice of the Green Wave. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Time to talk a little Pelicans now. Uh, as they are now in day two of training camp. All kind of all started yesterday morning. Two days here over these uh, first three days. Practice uh, yesterday morning, as I mentioned, then they went at, back at it last night. Uh, this was Monty Williams uh, speaking about the very first uh, practice of training camp yesterday in their new facility. It was a hard practice. Um, <clears throat> really intense. A lot of teaching. A lot of confusion. But it was physical and guys went hard. We went longer than I thought we would, but we had a lot to teach. Um, with the game being a few days away, there's a lot of stuff we want to put in. So they're, they're overloaded right now, but I think it's going to help us um, in the long run for sure. But I thought today's practice was, was a decent practice from a, a mental standpoint, but from an activity and energy standpoint, I thought it was really good. And with that, at the other microphone is David Wesley here on hey. Wesley Day. Hey, how you doing? Coach, uh, not surprisingly, went longer than scheduled yesterday morning. uh, And not surprising, D-Dub, it was very... it was very focused on the defensive side of the foot of the basketball. Well, of course it is. He's defensive minded and and of course when you're trying to incorporate so many new players, it tends to go a little bit longer cuz I'm just guessing I would think he's a little bit of a this has got to be a certain way. So if it's not, then he's going to go over it and over and over it. And, and of course, it's all defense, and you want to make sure you're getting your slides right. People understand where you're going, but I'm sure they'll get to it pretty quick. I was watching yesterday for a short time there, and um, he was uh, explaining a cut to some of the, the guys, and I won't name names or anything else because that's irrelevant. But he literally changed a guy's cut eight inches, and he said, you're cutting – here and I need you and he stepped just like a half step back actually it needs to be right here and I know in traffic in a game situation that's tough but if you if you rehearse it I guess with that much detail it will translate better into a game I know that and that's I think that's what you're talking about with regard to him being a stickler and he and he has to be because you take a cut that goes in the wrong place then you're not getting the defense to react the same way sometimes those cuts aren't necessarily scoring cuts. They're to move the defense one way or the other and open up something for somebody else. And when the defense gets lazy on that cut, now you're cutting to the basket or cutting in the right position to catch the ball 
and score, and I'm sure that's what he was looking for. The off the uh, floor news yesterday was the addition of another player, another training camp invite. It's Rodney Carney. He's a he's a vet. Um, that now brings the roster to 17. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, it's another body. It's another quality body. But uh, you know, I think that coach talked about it yesterday more so than in the last couple of years. It's going to be tougher for a free agent slash training camp invite to make this team right now um, coming out of October. That's a good thing. That's a sign that you're taking steps in your program. Well, it, it's also a sign that you're not searching. You're, you're actually kind of got the core guys. And camp being 17, 18, 19, I think I've even been in the camps where there were 20 guys, it just cuts down on the reps and the monotonous of, of doing things. You do things quicker because guys are rested and ready to go. And the more guys in training camp, you love it. So uh, I'm sure the guys are starting to get that soreness sinking in. Hopefully everybody's injury-free and can't wait till Saturday. Some teams are notorious for having large camp numbers. Houston's one of them. I, I swear, every time I think that I see Houston in training camp, they've got 19, 20 guys in camp. And there are other teams that kind of traditionally do that. Um, that's probably where you saw that number when that was my first year out of college, yeah. and um, and so when I went into training camp, there was a, a gang of people, and you know, seventeen is probably about the number, but yeah. twenty twenty one, who knows? Yeah, it's it, it for a broadcaster, it's a mess, but for players, it, like you said, it has it has its benefits. Speaking of players, the only player to talk yesterday after the morning practice was Austin Rivers, um, and I'll ask your opinion about him in just a second. But here's Austin. He was asked yesterday if he felt like even after just one practice, which I thought was a little premature. But anyway, it's a decent answer. Um, he talked about whether or not he felt after one practice if, if this team was, was better than what he saw last year with the Hornets. A lot better. Um, and we're going to have to put it on the floor. You know, I mean, just from right now, if you ask me from this team to last year, it's two different teams. Um, which doesn't mean anything in reality because we still have to win games. Uh, we could have a way better team and still have the same record. Um, so we have to put it on the floor. Um, but just from one practice today, you could just see like how many weapons we have. It's ridiculous. Um, it's hard to get a stop in the drills because, like, I mean, you, you swing. It's like Eric swings at a Reek or Tyreek swings at a Drew or Drew swings at the AD or AD swings at Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson swings at me or I swing at Jason. And you just go down the list. Like, guys can just score at every angle. So we definitely have the talent. Um, but it's funny, today with offense wasn't really even brought up. It was straight defense. That's all coaches preaching right now because he knows we all can score uh, with the guys we have. He knows if we get that defense down, we could be a pretty good team. So, again, good answer, and it gives us more insight on what happened at practice. I'm less concerned about his opinion on whether or not he felt they were better. I think it's too early for that. You, met, you, you talked with Austin on Monday during media day. Um, you talked with Anthony. You talked with the guys that returned. You talked to some of the new guys. What were your impressions, Dub, on media day after getting to maybe your first conversation with some of these guys in a long time? Kind of what was your feel, your takeaway from Monday? Well, first of all, with Austin Rivers, he said a lot of things that you would expect to hear from a second-year guy as far as I'm more confident, I, I'm learning, I'm watching. I think him getting injured while bad helped him to kind of take a step back, not stress so much, not overthink the game, and, and really learn how to play the game. So that was good. I noticed the excitement to a man all the way across the board about how good this team really could be. Is this team better than last year? That remains to be seen. You can't really say that after one or two practices, but on paper we all agree that it's better. How well will they play together? And that's something you'll have to wait and see. 
David Wesley here with us on the uh, Black and Blue Report. Hey, before I get uh, get you out of here today, I gotta go. You know, it, it flies when you I, and I, I talk. I don't have to go home, but no, I no, just gotta get out of here. You know that phrase. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Oh, not that I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah, of course. Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Michael in his prime. LeBron in his prime. Who wins? This has been the this has been the idiotic topic thrown out for the week. There always seems to be one. Um, you want to you want to weigh in or you want to laugh at it? Well, I, I think it's it's laughable, but uh, I would still go with Michael. Michael, I I played against both. I played with LeBron my last year, and LeBron is an incredible talent. And he's talking about he's better this year and wants to be the best ever, which is what he should be doing. But Michael was a cutthroat, down the stretch, you're down seven, down ten, two minutes to go, you're always in the game because he knew how to go get it. And they're two different body types, and LeBron can do so much with his body type, but so could Michael. I mean, you you talk about a guy who could bring the ball up, start the offense, finish the offense, post, dunk, score at will, pass the ball. I mean, he, he could do it all, and he'll always get my vote just because he knew how to close. Is, isn't social media amazing? Because yes. this this is the conversation that happens in the barbershop oh, yeah. and has for decades. But now because of social media, now it's everywhere. Oh, yeah. And you hear it on the, on the shows and all that stuff. What used to be just – what you'd catch up with the fellows at the barbershop with is now national conversation. Now I, I find that, it. yeah, I find that somewhat interesting. And I get that question, LeBron or Carmelo. I mean, you get that yeah. comparison with all kinds of players, and right. they're fun. They're yeah. fun to throw them uh, out there. Oh, yeah, because you know, you'll hear like, oh, you know, could the 96 Bulls beat you know, the 81 Lakers or whatever? You always get right. that, that. That's always out there. But now it's all it's way out there. Because of social media. How do they follow you on Twitter? Speaking of, there's a shameless plug. Senior David Wesley 4 is my uh, Twitter name. And senior is an SR. SR, yes. Wesley. What? David Wesley. Da- oh, se- senior? SR David Wesley 4. Yes. There's your Twitter handle. There it is. Good to follow see you. Follow me. Check me out. I got 12 followers. I need to get one. No, I'm kidding. Well, I got if a few you more tweet a little bit. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I think as the season progresses, you'll be I'll be all over. Y'all, will, y'all get tired of me. We'll 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 be the judge of that. All right. <laughs> and and you know I'll let you know if yeah, I'm of sick course. Of it. And I appreciate that. I yes. need that. Keep me in line. All right, David will be with us uh, each week. Uh, also, uh, David will be making appearances. He may not even know this yet on the Monty Williams show from time to time <laughs> on Woo! Thursdays. Uh, speaking of the Monty Williams show, I'll give you the lowdown on the uh, season debut of that program when we come back and wrap up today's Black and Blue. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints, we're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around, we got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. Bud Light presents NFL Fan Dilemmas. Should I put these Bud Lights on your tab? Just supposed to get this round. Whoa, interception! But on my rounds, we play better. It's good luck when I buy Jeff's beers. But I don't want to buy Jeff's beers. 
She wouldn't even give me gum the other day. What a shocking turn of events. Absolutely everything going right. Yep, my tab. It's only weird if it doesn't work. Bud Light, for the NFL fans who do whatever it takes. Here we go. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Say that to say this. The new album from Trombone Shorty. Trombone Shorty is back with 11 explosive tracks on his highly anticipated new release. Say that to say this. This album delivers funk, R&B, rock, and soul that's sure to blow you away. Trombone Shorty delivers an incredible remake of the Meters classic, Be My Lady, with all music played by the original Funky Meters. What's up, New Orleans? This is Trombone Shorty. Check out my new record, Say That to Say This, produced by Raphael Sadiq and me in stores now. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Good show today. I want to thank David Wesley, of course, for stopping by, and Les East and Ty Graffinini, too. Producer Dan, thank you for all of your efforts today. So a good uh, Wesley Day edition or Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Uh, tomorrow's program going to be a dandy, as they say. The voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, will be by for his weekly visit. We're also uh, graced uh, by the presence of Ian Eagle tomorrow. Ian, uh, if you're unaware, and, uh, and, that, and that's okay, he uh, calls the action on radio for the Thursday night NFL games. He also works uh, television for CBS for the NFL and also is the uh, television voice for the Brooklyn Nets. So Ian will be here tomorrow to talk about the Thursday night game and set us up for the NFL weekend. And we'll hope to have him on on several occasions throughout the NFL season. So that's a good show tomorrow. And also uh, we'll have, uh, what is it, Producer Dan, Ryan Anderson scheduled to stop by? Is that tomorrow's Black and Blue Report? he'll be on the Monty Williams show. All right, we'll talk about that in just a second. We will have somebody uh, from the Pelicans tomorrow, I'm told, and so we'll get you that interview tomorrow as well. That show will be up at noon central on Thursday. First things first, though, enjoy the rest of this Wednesday, won't you? And then tomorrow night, Thursday nights at 8, the Monty Williams show on our flagship station in New Orleans. That's 105.3 WWL-FM. That's where you'll find also all the uh, Pelicans radio broadcasts. But tomorrow night is the season debut at 8 p.m. Monty Williams, uh, of course, is the focus. He'll spend a couple of segments with us. We'll also recap the offseason tomorrow night. And uh, Jim Eichenhofer will be introduced to you. He is the uh, writer for Pelicans.com. And, uh, and as producer Dan just told us, uh, Ryan Anderson will be a guest on tomorrow night's Monty Williams show as well. It's kind of a a radio magazine show, if you will, covering Pelicans basketball. Season debut tomorrow night, and then each and every Thursday thereafter, I think we take one break for the holidays. Maybe Thanksgiving is the um, is the one time, at least early, we will not have that show. We'll, we'll get to that in November. Heck, we got to get to a preseason game first this weekend, and of course that's Houston on Saturday. All right, that's enough of that. Again, have a good rest of your Wednesday. Stay dry, everybody, and uh, tomorrow more on your Pelicans and your New Orleans Saints. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow.
Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.